Before we begin, now that we're on Apple Podcasts, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, download, give us a five-star rating, and tell your friends and families. If you don't like what you hear, my email is in the description below. We would love to hear from you. On today's episode of the Mid-20s, Andrew and I look back at a wild week three of the NFL season, including two wins from the Texas teams. We look at some of the other intriguing matchups before we give our winners and losers of the week and look ahead to week four. All right, let's dive in. Welcome back to the Mid-20s Podcast, your one-stop shop for terrible sports takes and under-informed opinions, brought to you by some kids trying to navigate their mid-20s. I'm your host, Jesse Brackeen, holding it down in my living room with my co-host, Andrew Bobbitt. Andrew, how are we doing today? Just got off of an eight-hour shift that started at 4.30 this morning, so too tired for this, Um, but excited to do it. It's been a great week in the NFL. It's been a... It's been a great week. You're not wrong. I mean, a great week, period, not just in the NFL. Yeah, I agree with that. I concur. State of Texas, for the second week in a row, goes 2-0. and um, And I have to brag real quick. I know it's a little bit off topic. Houston and, Astros wrapped up the AL West yesterday. And nobody cares about it. But, I care. Uh, that's good for you. Honestly, it's good for Houston sports right now. You guys are – basketball season looks bright. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, football season looks better than it did last week. And your baseball team doesn't suck. So you're doing better than Dallas. Yeah, you're not wrong. Or Arlington. There you go. I'm not going to chew up too much clock on that. I'm going to be releasing an Astros pod uh, Wednesday or Thursday where we get into the nitty gritty of that. So if you're interested in some baseball action, tune in on, like I said, Wednesday, Thursday, probably Thursday. This week's looking like it's going to be a little hellacious. But besides the point, we should just quit what we do outside of the pod go pod full-time agreed that would make my life so much so much easier i walked out of class this morning just and it's monday and i think you're feeling the same way that i am just how is it just monday and i'm already this exhausted and we still have cam gladiator in there. god kill me now but okay yesterday's action very interesting day of football let's start with the you know hot button issue or I guess the most uh, important and important to you <laughs> thing, I guess the Houston Texans figured out how to play football. Well, I didn't get to watch this game, as you know. You know, I was out at the time, but uh, highlights wise, numbers wise, looked pretty good. Uh, the game, I don't think the score really, honestly, did justice to some of the stats I saw on there. Uh, but yeah, Deshaun looks good. It was one of those games going into it. <clears throat> excuse me, that the Texans would typically lose. Bill O'Brien cannot beat good teams on the road. And I think the San Diego team is relatively good. They're not great, but Phillip Rivers, anytime you're playing him, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a great quarterback. He's had a hell of a career. We lose this game every single time. Watching it yesterday, first half, not great. Missed a field goal in the end of the second quarter. That, I mean, 57 yards, so you, I don't know. I would have liked to see it hit. It had the distance, had the leg. Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn just shanked it a little bit. But you know, going to the half, I was thinking, yeah, this is it, 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 we're toast. Put it, stick a fork in it. It's over. 
they are not going to bounce back from this one. But second half rolls back around, and the offensive line was the story of the game yesterday, in my opinion. They kept Deshaun mostly clean. Um, I believe he was only sacked twice, which is a pretty big win for the Texans. And the offense looked like it was running pretty smoothly. Defense made enough stops. J.J. Watt had his first two sacks of the season. He looked good. Whitney Merciless off the edge looked really good. I don't think we're really missing Jadavion Clowney all that much. So I I think I might have a good football team, and I don't know how to feel. I, I feel like you'll change your mind next week if something happens. Oh, but absolutely. The the tech, I actually, I just remember. So I did watch the end of that game, actually. Um, it was actually so that this, uh, the bar in Roanoke that I was at had every single game on that was on. How have uh, you not been here before? I don't know. We're going to go there from now on, though. But they uh, they even sticker the TVs as to what games are on at the time. Oh, my kind of place. Uh, but watching the Texans win, I knew you'd be excited for it. I didn't get to pay as much attention to the game as I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole place was full of Packers fans. Don't understand Weird. that. And they were cheering about like five-yard passes, but maybe that's all Aaron Rodgers can do now. I don't know. <laughs> but it was exciting to see they closed it out like dominantly. It wasn't like uh like your thirteen twelve win over who was right. it, the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. It was it was a a hefty win. It, it was, was good. closer than it needed to be late, and the Chargers had a chance to come back and tie. Luckily, the defense was good enough. You know, I had this thought in the third quarter. I you know I talked talked about how Bill O'Brien doesn't win games like this. I sat there thinking that these fucking guys are just good enough to keep me engrossed and to give me the smallest amount of hope, but maybe not competent enough to win this game and continue to ruin my mental health when it comes to Texans football. But I was wrong, thankfully. I said 4-12 and before the season. Again, does not look like that's going to be the case. You're almost there. (laughs) As long as Deshaun Watson stays healthy, and there were a couple of hits yesterday that, you know, he just can't take. You have to protect your franchise quarterback. You know, around the league, you see all these backups starting because the offensive line cannot protect their quarterbacks. And the drop-off between Deshaun Watson, who I think is a top-10 guy. Okay, I, I honestly thought you were about to go top five. And no, I was like, no, get I'm out not, of here. I'm not that I'll go much top 10. Homer. I agree with that because he's kind of a dual threat. Yeah. But I feel like he's taking, sorry to interrupt, but I feel like he's taking less ridiculous risks like he was last season. Right. Because I didn't think there was any way he was going to last he, more than five seasons total because he just did not care. He put his body out there, which is great. Right. Except that you need him healthy. I think he's taking a look at what happened in in Carolina with Cam Newton and saying, I don't want that to happen to me because Cam looks like a shell of himself. Exactly. He's slow. He's hurt. And Deshaun kind of looks over at him and says, yeah, that's not going to happen to me, but we'll see the rest of the season right now. I'm feeling pretty good. Cowboys dominant. For the most part. Dominant, I would say, for the most part. Because what have I said the last two weeks? Slow start. Slow start. And they took even longer. It was really most of the first half. They looked average. I think we were only up 10-6 at the half. And and had a 23-point favor in the game. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense. Granted, we won by 25. And that is amazing. But slow start. Terrible defense on so many plays. Terrible pass interference for no reason. Right. Just not getting going also on offense, but then the second half was a completely different story. Uh, just dominating them as they should have been. I'm upset that we did not go up 40-something points like both the other two teams that have beaten them so far. Right. 
but Dak had a perfect pocket almost every time. Messed up a couple of those, including his interception, was just outrageous. He had such a good pocket. Everything was perfect for him. Threw it right to a Dolphins player, whatever. Shades of Brett Favre, honestly. But Zeke and Pollard both had over 100 yards. They looked good. Like, it wasn't garbage time yards that they were getting. They looked amazing. Uh, Only three sacks were allowed by the defense. They looked good other than that first half. Like, the second half, they looked really, really good. The thing Um, that struck me... Um, as an unbiased observer, was Jason Garrett's problems the past couple of seasons, and he's gotten a lot of shit for this. Is his lack of adjustments made in this, you know, in the halftime, and he comes out of the half, and the Cowboys look like a different team. I don't know what happened in the off season, but a lot of people seem to think that Kellen Moore has a little bit more of a say in the offense, which you know he's the OC, so obviously he does, but. I kind of thought when he was announced, you know, to be the offensive coordinator that he was going to be more of a figurehead than the guy actually running the show. But I feel like Garrett sort of gave up some of his control, which is favoring the Cowboys right now because they come out after the half kind of getting him. I don't want to say embarrassed, but you're supposed to be beating that team by more. And there was a chance that Miami could have taken the lead going into the half. Luckily, I think it was Drake fumbled and, you know, while they were driving, Rosen, by the way, did not look terrible. Um, unfortunately, he's on another dog shit team, so we're not going to figure out if he's, you know, but that's an aside. But I think that Jason Garrett recognizing that he had this weakness, a glaring weakness in his coaching repertoire, he acknowledged that and gave some of the control over to Kellen Moore and some of the other, you know, coaching staff. So I think that's really going to favor you guys later in the season. I hope they stick to their guns once. You know, I'm curious. I believe y'all play the Saints next. Seven twenty on Sunday. That's going to be a hell of a game. I cannot wait. Is it Injury World or no? It's at the Saints, I believe. Actually, I have it on my phone. Yeah, we're at the Saints, but they still have Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not really afraid of that. Teddy too loves. Um, but on your note, I think that Jason Garrett realized it's either give up some control because I don't have some idiot like Scott Linehan calling my plays, or I'm going to lose my job. And so Kellen Moore, I did not think was going to be that good uh, because he had what one year as an offense or as a uh, uh, passing coach mm-hmm. or quarterback coach, right? And that was it. That was his. That was all of his <clears throat> coaching experience. But he's been like he's been calling plays well. But it, it wasn't even just our offense. Like Jalen Guyton, or sorry, Jalen Smith, not Jalen Guyton. Jalen Smith looked ridiculous. I think he had eight tackles. He was all over the field. Our defense shut them down finally the second half and I know it's the Dolphins like you can say whatever you want but defense and offense were both clicking so well and it's like he's real like Jason Garrett has really realized that he can call defensive plays he's just done with the offense right Uh, he doesn't need to do that anymore the guy who stuck out to me yesterday just you know the blind eye test was Leighton Vander Esch that kid looks pretty pretty strong especially when you consider the linebacking core that's typically led by a guy who cannot stay on the field and Sean Lee I think Van Der Esch is turning into a pretty nice little player and it's very important because that would have been two consecutive misses for the Cowboys because Taco Charlton no longer on the Cowboys and if they had gone with back-to-back subpar picks I mean that's how y'all have made your money is the draft the Cowboys have drafted very well over the last eight to ten years uh, at least to my knowledge and to have two consecutive misses you really can't afford to do that 
and maintain a high level of play. You know, that's where the really good teams get better. Uh, I mean, you know, you look across the aisle to uh, New England. They're, they know to, how to draft. Their analytics and their stats departments, they know who to get, when to get them, and recognize their value. The Cowboys have also been very good at that. This Van Der Esch kid, when he was uh, drafted, I think a lot of people were kind of not so high on it, but he looks like he could actually become quite a quite a good player. I think he'd be a real leader of the defense is the crazier thing. Like he's I think he's like twenty five. He's young. Twenty six at this point. Uh because I think this is only his second year. But he's he's just so like demanding of respect in a good way, if that makes sense. He shows it on the field. He's I actually he's twenty three, sorry. At twenty three he's younger than me and I feel like yep. he's just a grown ass adult. Agreed taking control of a team that he's been allowed to take control of. And it's awesome in the absence of Sean Lee, who's going to be a great veteran presence this season. I'm glad that he's not having to carry the whole load because the man's going to tear a ACL in a day. Yeah. And you need a guy like that healthy because like you said, you need that veteran presence because this defense, I mean, the defense looked good. The defense has looked good all season. Once again, the best team that you played was what the Redskins maybe uh i would say the redskins are definitely better than the giants or dolphins i mean although maybe not with jones but we're going to talk about jones in a bit but that's i mean it's uh it's a good day to be a texas football fan um our boys north texas we went to the game on uh saturday very subpar performance and i was talking about the game in class today and this kid across for the table looks at me he's like we won like 41 to 3 and i was like did you go to the game he said no i said if you had been there you would know. We played UTSA. We knocked out their quarterback in 10 seconds. And Two plays, man. Admittedly, UNT lost its best player, uh, second best player behind Mason Fine, which sucks. Rico Bussey towards ACL. And, uh, but all said and done, I mean, 3-0. Those are the three teams we care about for the most part. UNT. Uh, well, I don't care about the Texans, but you do. So we as a whole. Cow- I am a... Uh, a Cowboys a, fan for this year, purely for fantasy football. I was going to say, can we get that on record? But you just said that on a recording, so that was your fault. Uh, but no, I think, uh, I think I think it was fun to go to that game, even though they were terrible. It was nice to see the Cowboys win, nice to see the Texans win. I don't, I just spent a good month of Texas football, minus, you know, our UNT's losses that have right. been terrible. Uh, but even in your one loss, like you have yep. one loss, that you know? Should, and that should have been a win, honestly. So it's look it's a, it's such a good time to be to be a Texas football fan. But why don't we go ahead and take a break and then get to the rest of the games? Elsewhere around the league, let's start with some of the games that don't necessarily jump off the page. And mind you, I prepared this Google Doc this morning while I was three cups of coffee deep. So it's uh, some of my captions for these games. I don't know if you've read over them, but I'm only going to do two because the rest of them are just Yeah, go ahead and leave the rest horrific. of those off of here. But my first one, Minnesota totals car, upends Oakland 34-14. See, the newspaper journalist is coming back out. But that game was not fun. It was one of the – actually, it might have been the least fun game, even with teams that matter less than those teams. It was just not fun to watch. And you think Minnesota put up 34. Oh, Kirk Cousins had to have had a big game. He threw it 21 times. And Dalvin Cook ran for 100. He looked good. Maybe there m- might be something to that. You don't 
you know, have Kirk Cousins throw 60 times a game and you might actually win, but the Raiders are terrible. Uh, I don't think Derek Carr is long for this uh, starting football or starting quarterback world. I think they go with, I think it's Glennon or Peterman in a couple of, I mean, I, I, you just got to change something. You well, have to change something if you're Oakland. I don't know how long Gruden's going to have left with this. That's true. <clears throat> He's just not doing what he's supposed to do. Well, what did I he mean, sign a 10-year contract? 10 years. God, just what a crazy. stupid ass contract. Carolina takes down Arizona 38 to 20. The A&M product, Kyle Allen, steps in for Cam Newton and delivers an absolute gem. 261 yards, four touchdowns, clean game, no picks, looks great. Quarterback contravenes in Carolina question mark? I I don't know. I think if Cam comes back to what he's what he was and isn't so beat up and injured looking all the time, right. I don't think that that kid stands a chance to take his spot. Mm-hmm. But if Cam's going to play like he did the first two weeks, then it's at, just there's no point. At the very worst, you have a what looks to be a competent backup quarterback who buys your starter and your franchise guy a couple of weeks to rehab and make sure he's legitimately healthy before he comes back. That division is not good. I think you know, you go 500, 9 and 7, 10 and 10 and 6 definitely wins that division. But, uh, you know, I, I want to rush Cam Newton back, especially if you have the luxury of a guy like Kyle Allen who can step in and play like he did yesterday. Well, especially when you're playing a team like Arizona. So, Kyler, I still think is better than what we're seeing, mm-hmm. but he got sacked eight times. You don't have a do second that. in the pocket. You can't throw. So, I don't think that he is as disappointing as it's appearing like he is, but. I mean, he's on, it's just like you said with Josh Rosen, he's on another, or I guess not another, but he's on a terrible team. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing his potential because he's, I mean, he's getting sacked eight times. That's insane to allow eight sacks. As a Texans fan, uh, it makes me think back to Derek Carr, who set the record for most times sacked in a single season, ruined his career. A guy like Kyler is a little bit more talented than a guy like uh, David Carr, but still, after how many hits does the quarterback say, man, this sucks. I'm tired of getting hit or something actually happens to him because he's a small dude. I know that's not breaking news or anything, but he can only take so many hits eight times, eight times. That's inexcusable. You have to be better for Arizona. I understand that team is bad, but you're going to, you're going to get your quarterback injured. Well, and I feel like I wouldn't even be a poet, like upset if, if Kyler was like, like, I'm not playing unless you guys give me a better line because it is dangerous. How is he supposed to make a career when he's going to constantly get injured? Uh, not on the Arizona Cardinals. I, they they essentially ruined Josh Rosen and kicked him out of town because they couldn't make it work. And, you know, I think Kyler is much more, not much more talented, but certainly more talented as a prospect than Josh Rosen. But still, though, you have to protect your quarterback and you have to give them a chance to succeed. That team is atrocious. Cliff, not good. Well, uh, we're going to move on to the next game, but can I read the title you did for this one? Yeah, absolutely. Giants eat the W, buck the bucks, 31 to 32. Yeah. That is oh, I just realized the worst I, one that you made? Yeah, I, I just realized I did 31 to 32. I, little uh, journalism pro, you always lead with the winning score. I don't care about that. Uh, I do. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones, dude, he looks... Well, we just talked last week that we didn't think that they would do this this quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they have. Like I know what it doesn't the hell look good made for them us. Wait so long. Yeah, it doesn't bode well for Dallas for New York to become competent all of a sudden. It's still the Buccaneers, but though. it was it's the not Buccaneers. like it was the freaking Patriots or something or the Chicago Bears defense. It was the Buccaneers, but the that kid second good. worst defense in 2018. But he looked 
phenomenal. 336 yards, two touchdowns, and Eli just sitting on the bench. I think this bodes well for someone that wants to trade for Eli Manning. Mm -hmm. I don't know why a team would do that, but there probably is a team, like maybe the Dolphins. I don't know. But when they're trying to tank, they're not trying to get him. But he just, like, he looked competent and looks like he's trying to prove his really, really high pick correct. Yeah. Because even I was like, what? No, everyone, that made everyone, no sense. Everyone the watching the draft. No sense. But I guess they saw something that we didn't. Uh, you know, and this might just be sort of like, uh, just like Kyle Allen. We don't know if this is actually what this guy's capable of doing. A little bit of beginner's luck. I don't know. Regardless, very impressive. I really pinned him to have an a, a, an awful performance. A lot of pressure coming in. You're filling the shoes of your franchise quarterback, your you know future Hall of Famer. And I don't care. Like we're not having that debate about Eli Manning. He's going to get in the Hall of Fame because he won two Super Bowls. Does he belong there? I don't give a shit. He's going to be there. But also, still, did you just say Kyler Allen? No, I said Kyle Allen. Oh, okay. I was like, what in the world? He's a lot of Kyles about? and Kylers going on. There's way too much Allens, Kyle, okay. Kylers, whatever. Okay, last one. You have to read the next caption. That's This is my favorite one. And then we're done. Oh, my favorite tagline. Patriot Act grounds Jets 30 to 14. Get it? That's terrible. But I get it. Thank you. Jesus. Uh, do we even need to talk about it, though? No. Jets I, suck. Pats look phenomenal as always yep. although honestly i'm surprised they didn't win by more yeah than system quarterback points. doing system quarterback things according to you just you know ho-hum who gives a shit well i mean his receivers did look ridiculously good uh-huh. his defense looks good uh, as always i i don't even know like i know the chiefs have a really good receiving core right the patriots don't have a bad receiver you know who i didn't see on the field yesterday uh, was antonio brown sick <laughs> <laughs> just kidding we'll talk about him later bills take down the Bengals 21 to 17 buffalo's 3-0 and uh they've i don't think i don't think they're that good um i think they're a perfectly average team 3-0 and Bengals are bad uh afc showdown this coming week though in foxborough i believe or it might be i don't know but patriots uh Bills. Bills won't be undefeated anymore. Like that's all no, there is to no. It. But Josh Allen looks pretty good, um, which I am ecstatic for. I really like the kid. Really liked him coming out of college. I'm glad to see these guys succeed. You know, Buffalo's been a cesspool for so long, and those fans deserve a little bit of success. So more power to them. I don't see this. You know, I don't see this being them being undefeated next time or next time we have this conversation come next week. But Enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. Well, you know, actually, speaking of enjoying it while it lasts, I just saw an article before we started recording about a guy that uh, blew himself up trying to shoot off fireworks <laughs> to celebrate them being 3-0. and I mean, he's okay, I believe. Oh, I hope. God, that's so Buffalo, but, man. Yeah, he was, he was just setting off fireworks in the street, and they shot him. See, they don't know how to act. Because they're not used to this. Although they've, they've been getting better. Yeah. But 3-0 and is impressive regardless of your schedule. Sure. Like, you still got to beat three NFL professional teams. Uh, but maybe let's not let's not kill ourselves to celebrate beating the Bengals twenty one to seventeen. Green Bay beats Dalton. Denver twenty seven sixteen. Aaron Rodgers played clean, very boring game. I think he had one touchdown. Denver's terrible. Joe was, Flacco is awful. It was fun to watch though, even with that, like watching Green Bay on offense and seeing uh, Aaron Rodgers not be completely a shell of himself like he has been. Right. It was fun to watch. It was maybe fun to watch because I had like 11 old cit- senior citizens watching it in their Green Bay outfits. Oh, that's right. Our Green Bay jerseys, rather. What in the hell? Uh, <laughs> the outfits. But but they it was 
it was a good game. I, I thought if, even for that scoreline and, and everyone that was playing, it was it was fun. Anytime you can hold a, a team to 16 points, I mean, that defense looks pretty good. Um, and if, Ro- you know, Rodgers is still Rodgers. And I, I know I've been sort of down on him. But if you watch him play, it's just – it just looks a little different. Plus, I kind of soured on him after the whole McCarthy thing. I just don't like those – it just makes him un- a little bit unlikable. I'm so, not against the McCarthy thing. No, McCarthy I'm not either, but you got to keep that in-house, you know? You just can't air your dirty laundry. It's, it's just kind of a shitty move, but I get it. You know, it, it made a change, so he got himself a new coach. But honestly, those are the only games that kind of had no appeal or, I guess, not too many playoff implications in terms of the teams that were playing in them, but still, relatively uh, fun games. Yeah. Even it was a great week of football. Now, the games that stuck out, Colts... Take down Falcons 27-24. As an AFC South fan and hopeful division winner, this does not make me happy. Because if you're going to tell me that the Indianapolis fucking Colts went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck to another pretty good young quarterback, that's not fair. But they're playing, they were playing the Falcons. I know it's a team is good, but it wasn't, it wasn't crazy impressive what happened although he is definitely killing everybody's expectations of what he was going to be like I mean even after you lost luck you were like oh like you were upset because you lost them on your fantasy but you were like but the Texans just got that much closer right. exactly but maybe not uh, Colts moved to two and one on the season Brissett seven TDs one interception so far that you can't argue with that he looks good I'm hard what did he have in that game uh, two touchdowns yesterday, 310 yards. Dang. So pretty impressive. And it further proves the point that Jim Ursay sold his soul to Satan because you don't just luck into three quarterbacks like that. I mean, look around the league. It just doesn't happen unless, you, I guess, you're uh, Green the, Bay. The Cowboys? Yeah, sure. I guess going from Romo to Prescott, a fourth-round pick, that's pretty nice. But again, you're not helping your argument there because Jim Ursay sold his soul to Satan. If he has sold his soul Sold, I'd say that time five times. Well, fast. he sold it. He sold it to Jones. Then Jerry Jones yeah. has sold everything. No, no, he Jerry sold Jones, his entire family to Satan. Jerry just Jones is the one buying people's souls. Just up buying success. Oh, he's Satan. <laughs> Whoa, I love Hot him. Take. I love everything he's doing. But that man has more money I than just, anyone in the world. I am not a, not a big Jerry Jones fan, but I respect the hell out of yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. So he's. Uh, we're not going to continue to talk about Jerry Jones, but what what the Colts have done right now is impressive. To I mean, you saw the the swing in their odds mm-hmm. just from losing luck was crazy, and they definitely are not supposed to be even two and one at this right. point. But Jacoby Brissett looks good. He looks very good. He looks like I, a good quarterback, I, which I'm shocked about. But um, Chiefs not as good as our next one. Chiefs, Chiefs and Baltimore, Baltimore, not either of them. Lamar coming and into this game, it looked like it had the potential to be a great game, and it really did. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, dude, every what? week. What the hell? Uh, He's just, so good. He is so good. They do have a great core, like I mentioned earlier, though, as well. Like, I don't know where they keep getting these receivers, but they'll pull one out, and it's just, hey, look, I'm I'm amazing. Right. But even uh, – I mean, their, def- their defense is terrible. Like, say, let's, even, get, let's get that across. But they can score points uh, faster than any other team, maybe. Like, I would say their offense is more potent than – the Patriots, frankly. Oh, yeah, but their defense is what's garbage. But yep. even on the other side, you saw finally Lamar Jackson Kinda looked came back okay. Down to earth. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of TDs. He didn't have any interceptions. He didn't have any TDs, rather. Right. He didn't have any interceptions either, though. And if you, I mean, 
granted, a lot of these are highlights that I saw, but he he was throwing it downfield mm-hmm. accurately again. And if he had the core that Mahomes has, I think that it would be even crazier. Right. But he looks so much better than what he like the supposed to go be a receiver instead of a quarterback that we saw a year ago. Once again, shout out Baltimore for ditching uh, Joe Flacco to go with the the young pup because he looks really. Fr- I mean, yesterday again, not the best performance. No, but it was a solid one, slightly above pedestrian. But he did enough to put his team in a position to win. They just couldn't, you know, get that. But they're also up. playing Patty, and he's just. He's so just good. so good. I think he's on his way to another MVP season, frankly, because he's just Well, he's definitely on the way to the AFC Championship, no matter what. Now, some divisional imp- implications for you. The Eagles lose to the undefeated Detroit Lions, and you have to put a little asterisk there because they did tie week one. Still undefeated. Still technically, by the definition, undefeated. I think that the best part about this is solidifying what I said last week, that the Eagles aren't our problem right now. I know that they didn't have Alshon Jeffrey and, and all that, but they don't look like a team that's going to beat us. New York, uh, hopefully, how or is not anything, but every team that we have in our division is just not anything. So you look at this game. Did you actually get to watch this one? I didn't get to watch all the, everything. On I was it. flipping between it because I was curious about Carson Wentz because, again, he's my backup quarterback in fantasy. And, you know, People are going to shit on Carson Wentz because he set the bar very high for himself when he, you know, a couple of seasons ago before he got hurt. Um, yesterday, he didn't have Alshon Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson. So, you you know, your defense can't give up 27 points to Matt Stafford. You just you just can't do that. I understand. Well, but seven of those were that 100-yard 100, 100 play on special teams. Which, My again, goodness. you can't do that. You cannot give up a 100-yard special teams touchdown and expect to win football games. But... I feel like Carson's going to take a lot of the flack for this when I don't really think he should because Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, both pretty good wide receivers, you take them out of the equation, it's it's tough to replace their production and their touches. So, But the Eagles easily could be undefeated right now. They keep losing games. They probably shouldn't lose. It bodes well to, for you guys. And I wanted to pause here. It looks like the Cowboys might wrap this division up in I don't know by week 10 yeah (laughs) this is insane I mean I don't think we'll be undefeated in week 10 because Mm -hmm. I think that we have a couple of tough games there but the Eagles can't close right now are they one and two Mm -hmm. yeah so they're one and two everyone's one and two like it's just crazy but if they like if he comes back to his form and has his has his receiving core and everything he is a very good quarterback I'm sure that you're excited to have him if he would ever play well because he's on your team but you keep putting Dak in yeah, I don't uh, have no, no reason to. Yeah, why Dak. would you put Carson in over Dak? But I'm still shocked that the Lions are undefeated. You buying, uh, the, you buying their success? No, yeah, no, not either. at all. Because they shouldn't have won this game. I hate to say that the Eagles should have won it. Right. Uh, their tie game, they should have lost that. I'm pretty sure they. Oh goodness, I don't even know. But mismanaged the hell out by Patricia. But let's move on to Saints and Seattle. Saints somehow beat Seattle with uh, Teddy two gloves? Yeah, so he played a clean game. Uh, you know, like I said last week, in the wake of Drew Brees's absence, you have to just play clean 500 football. That's exactly what Bridgewater came out yesterday. 19 for 27, 177 yards, two touchdowns. That's just perfectly conservative, good football. He didn't look great. He looked very, you know, he looked like a backup quarterback. But there's a reason they got Sean, you know, Sean Payton went out this offseason, got a guy like that. 
because he recognized, hey, my quarterback's aging just in case. We need a guy who can come in and eat up valuable minutes and uh, lead this team to a victory. And yesterday, Seattle, I mean, I don't know what their deal is. Russell Wilson, a lot of lot of really impressive stats, 450 all-purpose yards, four touchdowns. I, you know, I have a cold take here, and it's probably not going to age well, but I still think both of these teams could potentially be playoff teams. Oh, I agree. Seattle... Seattle looked to me better yesterday than the scoreline shows. Right. And I don't think that the Saints looked as good as the scoreline shows. Uh, but I think both teams definitely have the possibility, maybe sure. maybe not likelihood, right. but definitely definite possibility to still make the playoffs because their divisions are also ones that they could win there. Well, Seattle's path is gonna be a little bit more complicated. You know, you got the Rams who looked not great yesterday against uh the Browns on Sunday night football, and then San Francisco, which is three and oh, speaking of. 49ers, they take down the Steelers 24-20. to Ugly, ugly game. Jimmy G, three of the game's seven turnovers. Seven turnovers. Good God. Yeah, a win is a win, man. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, um, you, you, if, you're the, if you're the Steelers and you're the, that Steelers defense, you turn the ball over, I think, four times. Uh, or, excuse me, you forced four turnovers. You don't come out with a win. I think you're looking at your quarterback saying, dude, what the hell? You left us out to dry. Mason Rudolph, this was sort of his uh, his moment to shine to see if he could actually step in and become maybe the next franchise quarterback for the Steelers. He did not look like it yesterday. He was, again, mediocre. I would say maybe less than mediocre. I would say maybe less. He had a lot of Juju was, Smith making him exactly, look better. Exactly. There was one statistic, and I think it was, I, I think it was either ESPN or CBS, so I'm not taking credit for this, but if you take away... Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's two catches that went for, you know, like 75 and 55 yards. Rudolph would have had 58 yards passing. And the passes he hit with, you know, Juju, they were more about Smith-Schuster doing it than Mason Rudolph delivering a strike or a dime, you know? So if you're Mason Rudolph, yeah, you know, if or even the Steelers, I don't know where you go from here. 0-3, they expected to be better than this I think a lot of people expect but you don't also expect to lose your starting quarterback if you're Mason Rudolph you got to step up you cannot lose a game where your defense forces four turnovers you have to win those games I don't know that they would look that much better with Roethlisberger because even in his two games he looked terrible in those in my opinion yeah Um, but with such an opportunity he has to be better their quarterback like they Rudolph is in such a position to be like, look, I saved the team that lost our starting quarterback at the beginning of the year. Like it's a Dak Prescott thing. Like Dak, when, when we lost Tony Romo was like, oh, I got to step up and do this. He has to, and he has the core to do it. The, their team's very good. Right. I don't know what they're doing. That defense needs, I mean, they played, they played well. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. They're forcing turnovers. I guess they need to be even better, but staying in that division, staying in the AFC North, the Browns last night in a matchup that I was really looking forward to, uh, Saint or excuse me, whew, Los Angeles Rams, as of, was that, two or three seasons ago? Yeah, How, too long for you to be making that yeah, mistake. Yep, uh, bad habits die hard. Uh, they take down the Browns 20-13. to 13. What a shit game on both sides. Uh, I don't know if you got to watch any of this. but I did. The coaching on both sides from McVay and Freddie Kitchens was horrible just atrocious it, it was it was I was watching the game just thinking like honestly 
I could call a better game than they're calling right now. But you the, don't believe in running on first down, so I don't believe that. That's true. You're right. The Browns, they look lost. They look like they don't know what they are. Their offense seems just completely out of whack. I, you know, I was high on the Browns coming to the season. I feel like a lot of people were. And you have some like sane media heads who are like, I don't know what y'all are buying into all this. And I, I thought it's just old people not understanding Baker and his swagger. But I guess swagger doesn't always win football games because this team is, uh, it, it looks bad. Well, it reminds me of that, uh, that Brooklyn Nets team that made the infamous terrible, ended up being terrible trade, but like they had all these pieces and just could not figure it out, could not be good together. And I'm hoping still, I know it's week three and we've said this every week that the Browns can turn this around because Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. OBJ is a good receiver. Nick Chubb is a good running back. Like Jarvis Landry is a good receiver, but they are not doing what they should be doing. So only score 13 points with that, that like that big of a, of a core is crazy. At the same time, for uh, to defend the Browns, anytime you're playing uh, Los Angeles and that defense, Aaron Donald, Wade Phillips, that's a good defense. But again, with all of those weapons, you have to score more than 13 points. I still buy into Baker. I still think he's going to figure it out. He looked, he looked terrible yesterday, and he I sat confused. here. He did, and I don't think you know. It's been three weeks in this this you know whatever changes Freddie Kitchens made. You have to start implementing them. You have to start being able to embrace them and, and rolling with the punches a little bit quicker because next thing you know, it's going to be week eight and you're going to be, you're going to be one and seven. Their one win is against the New York Jets, who are a bottom three team in my opinion. I sat here uh, this morning while I was you know getting this ready and I stared at my laptop for five minutes trying to think of like a shit joke like with Browns. So just appreciate the fact that I didn't come up with anything because I would have dropped that on I would have edited it out. Uh Rude. You do the editing. I but keep. Still. I keep a. a What's it called? Um, I blind see. No. Uh, yeah. I have a carbon copy of all of my. Uh, all oh, of my files. God. So don't worry. But uh, that's all the action from yesterday. Overall, a pretty solid day of football. Let's take a quick break, and we're gonna break down our winners and losers from week three. Great week of football. All said and done, when we were getting this together, we sort of struggled to come up with some games that. We determined that, you know, we're still trying to come up with a category because we don't want to say it's unwashable, unwashable football because, like I said last week, there's not really such a thing as bad football. It's still football. It's still fucking awesome. But, again, I think we should branch out into a little bit of a new segment. I was going to workshop this with you, and I was going to actually surprise you with it, but that would require you to be completely blindsided. So credit to me for being a kind co-host. Winners and losers from week three. My first winner... Us, me and you, and football fans alike. Selfishly, the state of Texas, again, I don't know if we've told you this, went 2-0 second week. I wonder how long we can keep that going. I would say uh, this week was the last week that's going to happen. On on your end? Are you calling a... On your end. What? Yeah. We're playing the Panthers. Yeah. I think Cam could you know, come back or something. I don't know. <laughs> Kyle Allen. I just don't see you getting hey, this lucky. Kyle <laughs> Allen. He's a, te- like I said, Texas A&M. If you are beholden to your you know, your home state son, you bu- you might as well just lose this game. Just just throw in the towel, you know, just throw a couple of picks, and, uh, you know, the, the state has taken care of you, so let's, you know, reciprocate that, yeah? Well, I think uh, on that note of us, one of my winners was just NFL ratings in general because even that list of games that we didn't care so much about, I mentioned earlier, they were so watchable. Right. They were 
good. Like they were close, some of them. And even the not so close games, we got to see bright spots of players and like a game that you said you cared about a lot. And I cared about was, was his chiefs and uh, Ravens. You got two pretty young quarterbacks looking amazing. Still. I know that you disagree. Maybe that, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson looked amazing, but he did look way better than I thought. And every game was like that. I mean, every game had something interesting to it. Uh, even the dolphins Cowboys, but maybe that's cause I'm a Cowboys fan, but they were good. Every game was good. I think you're onto something. My my second winner is backup quarterbacks oh. and their coaching staffs. So you look around the league, Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, and Gardner Minshew. We didn't talk about that Thursday night game. And I think the hype around Gardner is a little bit uh a little bit over Much, the top. Yeah. He looks okay. Like, you know, he had two hundred yards and he played a clean game on Thursday, but again, it was the Tennessee Titans who were you know, we don't we still don't know. I think you know, I say we don't know what this team is, and I think a lot of these teams could either be, you know, like in the nine and seven wheelhouse or the six and ten, and we just don't know yet because we've only we only have three games to look at. But those five guys uh, that came out yesterday, their coaches had a little bit of time to game plan, and you know, the one that really stuck out to me, if you're looking at game planning, uh, you have a quarterback like Drew Brees. You transition to Teddy Bridgewater, two very different quarterbacks. And, you know, Sean Payton and his guys have to sit down and sort of determine how are we going to win this game. They came up with a game plan that worked well enough. Uh, still not pretty, but did the job. And then, you know, Kyle Allen versus Cam Newton. Uh, you know, the kid had four touchdowns. He, you know, he looked great. So whatever they did, credit to them. Daniel Jones, I think, is my, you know, he's, he's the guy who you look at. And that performance is so impressive just because of all the variables outside of the field. And, you know... He he had this this insane level of pressure on him, and I don't know if he felt it. I would imagine he did, but to come out and have that type of performance, a nearly perfect performance, honestly, is is uh, it's impressive. Well, I think the only fear I have of that being a winner is are they good or are they unknown? That's exactly right. Because Yogi Ferrell played for the Dallas Mavericks for one game mm -hmm. and had like nine threes, 38 points, something like that. Right. And he's just an average player that nobody knew how he played, so he was able to get away with some stuff. I'm interested to see what – because I actually have – I have the Giants on my winners as well because they have Daniel Jones and they have noticed so early in the season that they can do it without Manning. Mm -hmm. But I'm not 100% sold that all of these backup QBs are good – I'm kind of more sold on their unknown, untaped, un like game planable right. so far. Right. Because now they have games under them. Gardner Minshew has all three games, right? So far this season. So he's getting a little bit more tape. People can watch him. I just don't know if the same thing's gonna happen with, you know, Daniel House or sorry, Daniel Jones. That was weird. Uh yeah, Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, and, and Jacoby Brissett. Although Jacoby Brissett has more tape on him than all the other ones, right. but I think I, I hope that they're really just going to be good and we have a new generation of good quarterbacks, but I'm also afraid that it's just they're good because no one knows who they are. No, I mean, and you've uh, you pointed to this in the past when you say that, you, you know, you don't know until you know, and if there's there's not a lot of tape on these guys, then it's just hard to game plan against them. And this we see this in baseball all the time. You have the pitcher who comes up from AAA, and the coaching staff has not had a, an opportunity to actually break down his game to figure out, what weaknesses they can exploit. 
So yeah, there might be something on tape yes or that from the games yesterday where you see and and you know Daniel Jones does this on tape. Let's you know exploit the weak side, force him to his left, force him to his right, just whatever his weakness is. Good coaching staffs will, for the most part, be able to game plan more efficiently. But again, I kind of want to wrap it wrap it back to this. It's not just the quarterback performance because those coaching those coaches I'd imagine when they're watching the film and make the determination either by necessity if you have an injury or in New York's case where it's like, you know, it's not working with Eli. He's past his prime, well past his prime. I think we can all agree on that. But you still had to make that call and to be able to de- deliver an effective game plan, I think, is is impressive. I'm wondering how Eli feels about it. I mean, he's got to know. He's got to know he's washed. Yeah. So I was curious. I wanted to pick your brain about this. And we have the the Bears game tonight. If you're Chicago and you're one quarterback away from being a top five team, do you do you look at do you look at Eli Manning? They could. I mean, I don't know what they would trade for him without hurting themselves because it is such a risk in right. putting Eli Manning in there. But maybe in a different system or, you know, different climate. I don't know. Right. Uh, he could do better, but I don't I don't think that Chicago should do that, and I don't know how they would do it. No, I agree. It's just it's some it's some food for thought. Well, my last winner, uh, just to be a homer again, uh, but kind of not, is Ezekiel Elliott really won this week because he got that contract closed several weeks ago before Pollard comes out and shows that honestly, I think that Dallas can make any running back look good. And I told you that before they signed him, but that it's I don't think that he's a $15 million player because we can make Pollard have over a hundred yards mm-hmm. and look good. And they're not garbage time yards. I just, I don't think that it was worth it to pay him still. So he did look good. Don't get me wrong. It's interesting that you bring that up yesterday, getting to watch the chargers who their their starting running back is still holding out and they're not having to pay him. Melvin Gordon. That is you look at their, uh, their backup. I believe uh, Austin Eckert is his name. Uh, he's costing, pennies on the dollar compared to a guy like like Melvin Gordon. Now, I'm not saying that Ezekiel Elliott is is and in, in Pollard are the same player because they're not. Ezekiel Elliott is supremely gifted, but when you have the luxury of a, a really good offensive line, which the Cowboys do, then you can put a guy like a fourth-round pick. I believe Pollard's a fourth-round pick, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, behind that line, and you can still run for 100, 100 yards. A- again, against the Dolphins, but still. It's still oppressive because both of them ran for 100 yards, so I felt like they were really spreading the love. Uh, but I want to move on to your losers because I'm interested to hear what you got. Um, my losers are both of the Browns. Let's start with Antonio. This hopefully closes the book on one of the more confusing. I don't uh, think it's over storylines that we saw in the offseason that carried into the season unfortunately Antonio Brown uh cut from the Patriots they save an ass load of money not having to pay him that signing bonus I think they're gonna pay him the signing bonus they shouldn't but you, you might be right I don't know but he goes on Twitter this weekend somebody take his freaking phone away first of all for multiple reasons he's like uh, Donald Trump of the NFL uh, yeah exactly uh but he he calls out Robert Kraft in the NFL, and says, I'm not playing another snap in the NFL. I'm done with it. I'm quitting football. It doesn't sound Son, like that was really his choice. <laughs> football quit on you. Like, it's, I was thinking about this. It's like the guy, and I'm sure you know a guy like this in your in your group of friends. We're not going to name names, but it's like getting broken up with. Your girlfriend breaks up with you. You go to the bars that night. You're like, oh, yeah, no, I broke up with her. 
And it's just like, no, dude, you didn't. You're not making yourself seem any better. And it gets back to all your friends. It's just like, why would you, you know, just, just put the phone down. Just, I think just, I'm that friend. Just uh. put the phone down, my my guy. It's, I say good riddance to him. Uh, I think he's bad for football. All the off the field allegation, and you know, let me let me say, Antonio Brown, and I think we both saw this together. He leads the league in touchdowns over the last was it seven seasons? Yeah, supremely talented, gifted athlete, but his off the field antics do not make his on the field value worth it in my opinion no i mean i don't like the allegations and everything he's he's just got so much baggage that he refuses to accept any responsibility for and i don't know why any team would sign him again i know i i could see a team signing him again but my gut tells me he doesn't he doesn't play another snap in the nfl xfl's coming up buddy you just go over there they don't make you wear helmets either i don't know i i got into it uh, with the, this uh, this young man in my class today, who he's one of those sports fans that uh, probably watches like First Take or PTI uh, a little bit too frequently, but he thinks he knows everything. You know, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. But he thinks he's he's got this whole Antonio Brown thing figured out. So me and another one of my classmates, whose boyfriend interns for 105.3 and Ben and Skin, shout out UNT alum. Uh, she was saying she was offering her opinions about this, which I love because she has some insider information and her, you know, her and I get along swimmingly because we're both sports nerds. This guy from across the room interjects and says, oh, you really can't blame Antonio Brown. He's got a, you know, all this brain injuries and all these, you know, CTE and the concussions. Can you really blame him? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> dude, have you read the stories? And we don't like, I, yeah, I don't like getting into the, the messy details because it's just, you know, allegations at this point. But he seems like kind of a shitty person. The text messages uh, paint him in a really bad light. And just to come out and trash Robert Kraft, and Robert Kraft is not, you know, he's not without blame. And he's, he's definitely not flawless. But if, if you're going to call out the entire institution in a year when you're like, okay, I made a mistake. It, I, I'm ready to come back if these allegations are dropped or proven to be false. NFL owners look back at that and say, no, dude, you ditched us. We're not bringing you back on board. If the Patriots can't fix a guy like Antonio Brown, I don't think anybody can. I like your take about the XFL. Just go with that little circus. Play for a season with McMahon. Or half a season before they shut down. Exactly. But good riddance, my dude. So I, you, I'm not going to miss him. You said both the Browns. So you, I'm assuming your second loser Cleveland is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, I, hand up. I was wrong. I thought Cleveland was going to be 10-6. and six. I thought OBJ... Jarvis Landry combined with Baker Mayfield and then Miles Garrett on the defense. This team was going to be uh, just a surefire playoff team. They were, you know, a couple of plays away from making the playoffs last year. But with the uh, emergence of uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, that team looks like it could be very good. And it looks like it has its shit together. Whereas the Cleveland Browns are, I don't want to say spiraling yet. But I think there is a lot of potential for that locker room to deteriorate very rapidly. You look at a guy like OBJ, who's had problems in the past, and I'm not saying Eli Manning and Baker Mayfield are comparable. I think Eli, or excuse me, Baker can handle a personality like OBJ better than a guy like Eli Manning. However, if you start losing consecutive games, you have to look at the head coach, and there might be some sw- there are changes there with a brand new head coach, which you know never really works. But the seat gets pretty hot because this team had so much 
uh, so so much hype around like it. Super Bowl talk. Yeah, which I I thought I was a little, a, little rid- bit. a little ridiculous. I thought, like I said, I thought they were a playoff team. They do not seem like a playoff team. So those are my two losers. Browns uh, related to the NFL. I think I've only got two losers, really, but I'll start with the entire AFC other than the Pats and Chiefs uh, because they just look good every week. Like there is, in my opinion, I and sorry for your Texans, but I don't see a way another team sneaks into the AFC championship game. I don't even see a way that anybody beats the Pats unless somehow KC develops a defense. Like every one of their receivers on both of those teams are good. Or, or at least better than average. You know, we we just need to see Brady and Belichick retire as soon as possible so that some other team can play in the Super Bowl other than the Pats. As a potential playoff, uh, AFC playoff team fan, you know, I'm, I have to be realistic. And I think the Texans are good. Just good enough to get crushed in the second round by one of these two teams. Because like we were just talking about, it's it's the Patriots, and this is league-wide, not just AFC. It's the Patriots, Chiefs, and everybody else. I have the Cowboys as my third-best team in the league right now, but they are not on the same level as these guys. But like you said, you got to figure out the defense. That's what it was it's undoing last year. Then a little bit of an offsides call, which, you know, defense. But they have to figure out something. My only thinking, though, is that they can score points with the best of them. So... You know, we might see like a. I think I'm. I don't think it's a hot take to say that this will be the AFC Championship game, right? No, but also, I mean, they like they were in the AFC Championship last year. It was a shootout. Right. I mean, they, like that. But they can't do that, right. or they're going to lose to the Pats again. It's not sustainable. I keep waiting for the you know the other shoe to drop with Patrick Mahomes. I but, I man, he might just be. I don't know what else he dude. can do. They have to get a defense because he's doing everything that he possibly can, getting three plus touchdowns a game. Over 300 yards a game. It is ridiculous. The X factor there is Andy Reid, who, you know, he's prone to make some boneheaded decisions, and that might be the team's undoing. But right now, both of those teams are superb. What's your... uh, My only other loser is the Steelers. And I know that sounds like an easy one to take on there, but go back a year ago, before the Antonio Brown thing, uh or I guess a year and a half ago before the Le'Veon Bell thing, like they had such a good setup, such a good core with Juju Smith-Schuster and and everyone. And then now they're this 0-3 team with no real direction. uh, I mean, they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their starting running back. They lost their best wide receiver for a good reason. I'm happy that they don't have Antonio Brown on there, but they're just not looking good. They don't look like a good team. They don't look like they're even going to be a 500 team anymore. And they're supposed to be this team that is, they're like a, they're, they're a, a very good team most years. They're a pretty good team. And to have lost everything in the course of a year and a half is crazy. I mean, they don't stand a chance. They have to win this week. They have Cincinnati at home. You don't win that game, your season's over. Oh, they're done, done. If they, if they lose that game, I don't see a point ever turning on a Steelers game again this year. Yeah, I mean, it, what we could see is if they lose their next three games, which, you know, is perfectly legitimate, it could happen. They have Bengals, Ravens, Chargers. Ravens and Chargers, decent teams. Ravens a little bit better than Chargers. But week that would be week seven. You know who they play? Hmm. The Miami Dolphins. Are we looking at a, a, a battle of two 0-6 teams? If they're 0-6 going into the Dolphins, at least they'll be 1-6 afterwards. 
If any team loses to the Dolphins, they had to have been trying to lose to the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. Oh, my goodness. Wait. That is not – that's a Monday night football game, too. Oh, wait. Steelers-Dolphins yes, is Monday night? that's a Monday night football game. They've done, I know that – I understand why they planned these things the way that they did, but it seems like every Monday night football game is just terrible. I mean, you look at tonight's game, it's not the most intriguing of matchups. That's that's for sure. Honestly, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who's playing tonight. It's going to be the Washington Redskins and the Chicago Burrs. And see, everyone expected – I mean, maybe not the Redskins to be good, but the Bears to be good. And they are three and zero, or two and zero, one and one, one and one. I'm yeah. way off. If, if not for Mitch Trubisky, they'd be two and zero for sure. Sorry, I was getting them mixed up with the Bills, but right. uh, they, I, I, when they're scheduling these, like the Browns have been on Monday Night Football, the Texans were on Monday Night Football, which I I liked that Texans game, Texans Saints that made sense, right? But last week and this week just don't make any sense. No. Unless you look back six months ago or five months ago, when are they making the schedule? Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, okay, the Browns are going to be pretty good. How can they not figure out how to flex these games better? I don't understand. We're, it's 2019. Give the people what they want. Well, you, got, they, you got people buying tickets. I know TV rights and, and whatnot, but Well, not just that, goodness. but you, you got all these people buying tickets and season yeah. tickets months in advance. It's just selfishly, you I want to see make a up better game than the freaking Dolphins versus Steelers. Hell, I hope they both go 0-6. I would... I was going to say pay money to see that, but I would actually pay money not to see that game. So it's a little bit of a mistake on my end. Well, that's our winners and losers for the week. I like the segment. Honestly, we're going to keep doing it. Um, you got anything else related to the NFL? No, but I have something related to uh, something else. Can I tell you a, a funny little tidbit? This is not on the Google Docs, so sure. The Astros won the AL West. Oh. I don't know if I told you that or not, but... Well, you We're can going to the World that. Series, boys. <clears throat> you can talk girls. about that on Wednesday or Thursday on your midweek pod, but guess what? What? Something you actually didn't know until right now. Uh-oh. We are having uh, my childhood best friend on our pod on Saturday. Hey, uh, Douglas Campbell. So that'll be released late, uh, as you know, as <laughs> we usually do. Uh, but we'll have Doug on, talk about how he's done in his 20s and uh, everything getting up to this point. Well, we'll probably do with that, uh, and this is just tentative. We'll put that out uh, probably Monday morning, and then we'll do our NFL pod, put that out Tuesday morning. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited. It's going to be more NBA heavy. That is what he specializes in. Perfect. Uh, watches a lot of the NBA, and I know it's early, but really want to have Doug on, and he's got a busy schedule, so whenever I could get him in, it was really nice to do that. Very, very much looking forward to that. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are going to go work out, unfortunately. Oh, my God. It's a little hot, but, you know, we're going to sweat off some of our uh, decisions from this weekend, and we will catch you next time on The Twins. (laughs) 